Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. Do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor. Or suffer your father's fate, you will. Luck has foils and attack positions. May the force be with us. Welcome, young Sky. Welcome everyone to a Forstastic episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and I am joined by the gentleman that has turned into our Star Wars co-host, Cliff Jantz. Glad to be here. I'm sad that I got to wait probably another ten years to be back when you get to the uh, prequel trilogy. Yeah, and we are also joined by. The regular co-host of the show, Kyra Hawkins. She is back. Hello. After being on assignment for the last two episodes, she is back to talk about the Ewoks, which I know is the only reason why she's on here. I got really excited when they when they showed up because I kind of forgot. <laughs> so if anyone is tuning in, did not look at the title, we are talking about The Return of the Jedi. 
This movie was actually released January, or I'm sorry, May the 25th, 1983. It did a little bit over $480 million at the box office, which when extrapolated out to today is $1.4657 billion. So this is a second billion dollar moneymaker in Walt Disney's fold. And we've only been covering movies for about 35 years. And both of them happen to be Star Wars related. So um, anybody want to jump in with their initial thoughts on the movie? Because we're not doing the synopsis. Because if you've done, if you've if you know anything about Star Wars, you probably watched this a couple of times. Well, for me, I this, while I still enjoy this movie, it is definitely my least favorite of the original trilogy. But it still has a lot to be enjoyed by it. It's, I mean, it still has the heart. It still has mm-hmm. the magic that was provided. Uh, unfortunately, now when you do watch it, there are some things where they try to do the extra special effects that, I, for me, kind of take away from mm-hmm. from it a little bit. But at the same time, when I was watching it for this, I still was just enjoying it. Yeah, and it's hard to take notes and be objective when you're talking about a movie that you know and love, right? Yeah. It still holds the nostalgia aspect. Kyra? Um, pause for one second. Did you lose me for a second? Because everything just shut down on my computer, and I had to, like, reopen Skype, and then it was, like, trying to open on my... I don't know what just happened, but I was gone for a second <laughs> on my end, and I thought, oh, no. I so saw you. I saw you blip out, but I figured it was just you watching Thanos. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I um, I clicked to a, like adjust a different window, and um, Skype I guess crashed. I got a little thing when it restarted, like oh we quit unexpectedly, and it was like yeah I got that. So I missed all that conversation. Um, sorry, I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, you're fine. We're 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 just getting initial thoughts on the movie. So. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, My initial thoughts were um, there was a lot more in this movie than I remembered because while I've seen it many times and it's kind of been on in the background of my life for most of my life (laughs) or really all of my life, if you consider that it came out two months before I was born, um, like, as I, I can say, I've seen it many times, but there were things that I either hadn't picked up on before or did not remember because I hadn't sat and actually watched it um, in a long time. Mm-hmm. So um, I got more into it than I expected. It's always just been kind of a background movie, and it was nice to, like, pay attention and notice things I hadn't seen before. Now, did anybody watch the non-Disney Plus version? Years ago. I mean, because I think what Disney Plus is showing is what I watched when they re-released them all in 1997. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I probably watched an actual original cut of yeah. these Star Wars movies. Because I have one friend that's so diehard about it, like, he can tell you, oh, they changed the lightsaber sounds. It's like, all right, well, as much as I love these movies, I don't even, I can't even notice that, but. I didn't even know, didn't know that they had different lightsaber sounds. I thought all lightsabers yeah, sounded the same. Yeah, no, he'll watch it, he'll, he'll sit there and get mad. He's like, it doesn't even sound the same. I'm like, it sounds like a lightsaber to me, but okay. <laughs> but as far as for this viewing, we were all watching the Disney Plus with yep. Hayden Hayden Christensen as Vader, 
Yeah. Force ghost. And then I, I noticed, like, I knew there were different things, um, from the originals, but like, I, I didn't, um, do any research to see exactly what it was. I was trying to see if I could like pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the celebration scene at the end, um, you hear Jar Jar Binks or maybe another Gungan say, we still won. And I was like, oh, that was not from the 80s. Yeah. I, they go to a couple of different cities or plant cities. They go to a couple of different planets uh, when they do the celebration that they didn't have in the original one, too. Yeah, and actually the, the We So One or We So Free was actually one of my notes on this. So I was like, I don't think they... Yeah, I'm with Kyra. That definitely wasn't in the original... Not that I think I watched the original in 30 years. Right, I would think that would have been in the ones they re-released in 97 because mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks wasn't a thing until 99. Yeah. So that's even something newer. Leave things alone. Don't make changes. <laughs> <laughs> or else we'll be talking about it in another 20 years about the re-release with the additional three seconds between the first lightsaber duel and the second lightsaber. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, what George Lucas was thinking. Um, like, why would you go back and change these things? I I don't understand. It's like trying to rewrite history. Like, mm-hmm. just leave, let it be the classic that it already was. I think part of it was showing, okay, we're, we're, I'm going to expand the universe show because we never saw anything of Coruscant until, obviously, The Phantom Menace. Because most of these planets took place, more isolated planets, actually, in the original trilogy. There's not a lot going on. I mean, the Empire Strikes Back starts off on a frozen planet. Uh, New Hope starts off on a desert planet. Mm -hmm. You're not going to these bigger civilizations or civilized planets. So I think that's part of it. He just wants to show, okay, they were here for the original, obviously, because we're going back to the prequels and they're here there. So now getting into the introdu- or the opening, the Jabba's palace is on Tatooine, right? Yes. Okay. How did R2 and C-3PO get to the palace? Because they just we just kind of got dropped in, and they're just walking like they'd been there for weeks, and they're finally just getting to the place. And I know uh, in uh, the scroll it talks about Han and Chewie had been gone after solo but they weren't shown up and then we get me and lando and yeah. Uh, chewy yeah because they do make a mention because i just rewatched it last night and kind of finished it today um because they mentioned though that they lost contact with han or not han <laughs> i i did the same mistake uh lando and chewy and so the, i think like i think like that was part of the plan which is kind of stagger everybody in <laughs> to their different spy missions to get where they needed to be for them to rescue Han. So I think Luke probably dropped them off and said, alright, this is y'all's job, but told R2-D2 the full plan, but then tell C-3PO, because C-3PO would have not done it, because sometimes he's not as courageous as R2-D2. Or he would have tried to weasel out of it because it wasn't according to his protocol, or something like that. Yeah. I love C-3PO I I almost made a Facebook post about this while I was finishing the movie this morning um, but I thought it when I was watching the first half at at this specific part too because he's like knock knock okay bye then no one's home Um, he (laughs) wants to leave so bad and how he's always worried about safety and and, um, 
like being proper and and I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure he's probably an ISFJ and an Enneagram six. Like, I feel like we have the same personality. Um, so I did a Google and a couple different websites listed him as those things. I was like, yep, I feel, um, validated. C3PO is me. I love him so much. So C-3PO comes in, he tells Jar Jar his demands. Jar Jar, of course, being the... Not Jar Jar. Oh. Jabba. See, <laughs> now now we're giving George Lucas even more ideas for an expanded universe in 2030. So C-3PO gives his demands to Jabba, not Jar Jar. We're leaving that in so that way people know that I'm... Not a protocol droid and can make... Th- and Jabba says no. And so he just sh- sends the droids off to what appears to be a droid torture chamber. Is that what yeah. I'm seeing? Yeah, because that one actually caught me off like, re-watching it. And I always remember it from a kid, but I like mm-hmm. watching it as an adult, I'm like, why is that one droid feeling pain? Like, like they put hot coal. I'm like, is it? Like, he met, made a metal. Like, why would he... Does he have a nervous system? these droids have a nervous system that makes them like, no, don't put these hot metals on my already metal body. Yeah, some of the, some of these didn't make sense, but it, I don't know if it was just left in there for for laughter purposes or, but... So, we get... Chewie ends up getting brought in by a quote-unquote bounty hunter. Yep. And it, because we do not know its gender yet... Although if you've watched the movie, you know it's you know her gender starts to make demands, and she pretty much says, "Well, I'm going to blow up the place if you don't give me fifty thousand dollars or fifty thousand credits." And I'm kind of curious that whether or not she had a contingency plan, if Jabba would have said no, or if you wouldn't have countered with the thirty-five k, because I think that would have yeah, made a whole I lot never shorter of movie. That, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. You would have killed most of the characters right then and there. Yeah. But being Star Wars, it works out, and she gets 35,000 credits. And then we see one of the relatives of Greedo singing, which I think that might have been an additional scene, too, because I don't ever remember seeing her in the originals. Yeah, because there's that shorter alien with, like, the longer snout Mm -hmm. hopping around. And it's like, yeah, that's definitely an added addition. So I think in the original, it was just instrumental. Yeah. And no vocals. Yeah, I didn't like that part. I, they could have yeah. left it alone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I was in the, thinking the same thing. <laughs> this is uncomfortable to watch, and I don't I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah. I couldn't put my finger on why. <laughs> well, it's because it was edited in 30, what, 30 years later? Somewhere around there? Was that when the re-releases were? Because this was 83. No, actually, because and... I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, the re-releases were 97. This is 83, so 16 years? No, not even that. 14 years? 14, 15, somewhere around there. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a chef. I'm not a, I, I, my math is terrible. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, it's, it's, it would have been a teenager. Yeah. How much technology had advanced in... Like thinking about it now, like oh wow, that really wasn't that far in between those. Um, mm-hmm. to, to, as a teenager in the '90s, I was like, this movie's so old, and now I'm like, well, that wasn't that long. So it's, <laughs> it's like crazy how much. Like we're further away from the re-releases than the re-releases were from the original. 
Yeah, that's why. So the bounty hunter, surprise, surprise, ends up being Leia. And she ends up releasing Han from the Carbonite, and he can't see. And, of course, Jabba's sitting there watching the whole thing in the shadows like a creepy whatever he is. And then cue Luke, because you always got to have Luke come in to save the day because he's the lone Skywalker until we find out that there is another. Yep. And he gets dropped in to be, was it Banta Potter? No. I just watched the movie and I can't think of that creature's name. Uh, Rancor. Rancor Potter. And, of course, fight, 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 run, run, run. Luke has to smash the gate with his hand and it kind of, uh, I kind of thought, well, why didn't he just... He throws a rock at it. Oh, yeah. So you think the rock would not have hit the, the, um the gate if he wouldn't have used the force well he's always been clumsy so why not and he kills the animal and there was much sadness by the handlers um i forgot about how he does that part of me was like use the force it didn't occur to me that maybe he like used the force when he threw the rock but Mm -hmm. um i thought the gate was clever i should have seen it coming i had forgotten all about that um, I also forgot about Leia in her like slave outfit, which I'm sure, like I know lots of people make a big deal out of that, but I was like, oh, I've read and heard some things like that. Carrie Fisher had said after the fact that makes like makes that uncomfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I think it was that like she wished she had said no to it or something, and I was like, oh, that makes it kind of weird to watch knowing that she didn't like it, but whatever. Um, what are the, like, pig-like creatures called? Yeah, I'm about to get a lot of flight for this, because none of us know that answer. I felt like I should have known, but I couldn't, like... Well, I, I mean, it's one of those things where no one calls them by name. It's not even Pigman 1 and Pigman 2, or... Gamorians? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> I think exactly how you said it, Gamorreans. I like how all I do is type in pig creatures, and then, like, the third choice was Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even look what the first two were, so I'm like, oh, okay, that could have been, like, who knows what other people are trying to Google. So, um, the next part is where they're, like, at the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which all I could think through the whole, like, that whole sequence was... Um, that's how Boba Fett starts. Like, I know what happens next. Um, but, but, like, in the background of the rest of this movie. And I got real excited. And then I just wanted to watch Boba Fett. So, yeah. Then we have a lot more punchy, punchy run, run. There's a Wilhelm scream during the fight on the sand barge. And Luke somehow gets hit in his cyborg hand by a gunshot at the end of the fight. And he rescues everyone, and they sail off, or they sail off into the Tatooine desert to die. The end. Yeah, I do have one thing about that sequence that I thought was kind of weird. Is they're on this just regular, like, all right, these this random ship that has a plank for them to jump into the star, like like a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. But then it also randomly has these magnets that come down and pick the droids up out of the sand. It's like, I love how they randomly, in this entire franchise, not even, like, all, all the fran- like, they just happen to be on ships that have exactly what they need <laughs> to rescue the P. I'm like, it seems kind of weird to me, but 
Again, it's a nitpick, and it's a movie. Like the good thing, the good people want, so can't be too upset. But it's like these magnets. Okay, two of them actually for the two droids. Well, it kind of makes you wonder how many times Jabba has actually had to go out and drop people off in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that he has all these special contraptions, for lack of a better term, on on board his boat, including the aforementioned magnet. Not to go off topic or off Disney Plus, <laughs> but it just reminds me of the uh, Batman and Robin when they tap the boots together and they just happen to have ice skates in their boots to battle Mr. Freeze. <laughs> just like you just randomly have the one thing you at the one random time you never would have thought you needed it. Yeah. Well it just goes to show that Batman and Jabba are prepared for any contingency. We'll just go with that. Well, no prizes <laughs> yes, yeah. anyway. So everybody flies off, and Luke says he's got something to finish. And, of course, that's to go off and kill Yoda. <laughs> yeah, with his 20,000 questions. <laughs> yes. And we find out that Yoda's 900 years old. Happy birthday, Yoda. It's time for you to die. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm getting ready to join with the Force. Well, no, wait. I've got questions. No, you, you're done. But but I, I need to know about this. There's another. But what? And then he just becomes one with the four. I had seen the meme about that. Like, he gets so tired of answering questions, so he just lays down and dies. And I was thinking about that. And, like, oh, poor, I, I just thought, poor Yoda. Like, he's just trying to have a moment's peace and, like, die in peace. And Luke will not leave him mm-hmm. alone. I know he needed to know these things. And the audience, like, we as the audience needed the exposition but it's still it's like oh yoda like he just wants to die yeah i and my roommate brought that up it's like parents saying i understand yoda because my kid won't stop asking mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, and then even the 900 year old thing i'm sitting there trying to do the math i was like all right well grogu baby yoda was 50 and he's still a toddler and yoda's 900 i was like sitting there trying to do math so let's say yoda's two or three i was like that means their development stage for that species is 36 to 54. So Yoda pretty much died as a 54-year-old. Oh, wow. I've, like, wondered that but not been... Um... Yeah, it was because I watched it last night. I'm, like, sitting there. I'm, like, all right. Well, they said Baby Yoda's 50. And I know he's got, like, he's a toddler still. So it's, like, I'm, like, giving him two to three. He might be four. I don't know. Uh, I figured he'd be able to talk at four at least. Yeah. But... Well, I'm sure we'll get comments on that statement that I just made. So, well, we will welcome any comments that are that are re- or that are sent, and we will read them on a future episode. May do a all email edition if we get enough. So, we've already mentioned that in at the end of the movie we have Hayden Christian. Yep. So why didn't George Lucas just go back and CG in Ewan McGregor? I mean, if you're going to do one, you may as well do the other one. I don't know why they used Hayden Christensen and not the original actor Mm -hmm. under the helmet. Because, like, you have, um, I mean, I guess guess you could say, oh, because um, Anakin died when um, he became Darth Vader. So maybe that's it. Like, so he's the version of himself when he like died and like switched or whatever, but it still seemed weird to me to see like old Obi-Wan and young Anakin there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. Cause I think at the time these came out, you also had a very young, you and McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I said it right. 
freaking Ian. Uh, we had a very young uh, Ewan, so you couldn't really actually say, like, you now he's closer to, um, they're drawing a blank on the original actor. Alec Guinness. Yes, thank you. But, um, so you couldn't tell that now that he's closer in age, what he would look like now. Mm-hmm. But now that uh, Revenge of the Sith has come out, or you saw him die as Anakin looking like Hayden Christensen. So mm-hmm. I think that's one explanation. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas Hayden Christensen probably would have been like two years old when Return of the Jedi came out. If that. So we fast forward or we jump to a um, rebel ship where a good old... Now I've done drawing a blank on his name. It's a trap guy. Yeah, uh, Akbar. Akbar says that many Bothans died to bring us this information about the second um, Death Star, which is under construction, hovering around the forest moon of Endor. And so Han tries to... Well, no, Lando is supposed to take the ships. Han's supposed to do the the hand-to-hand... Um, landing force and Leia goes along and Luke shows up dressed in solid black which it kind yeah. of I, well he's been in solid black the entire movie yeah but I'm wondering if the reason for the solid black was because he was not a Jedi master just still a Jedi knight or what was the reason that he was wearing black or was it we knew that he was going to have to kill a lot of people and this was his way to channel the dark side for that yeah actually I never really thought of it like that because, I mean, he... I kind of thought in the 80s they were trying to make him look cool. <laughs> because if you watch the rest of the movie, Luke kills a lot of stormtroopers and other white-wearing people. Yeah. So, but he shows up and Vader, of course, feels his presence. And before this, we have a terrible green screen between Lando and Han in front of the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Han says take the Falcon. Yeah, and that was actually the first and only time that I was pulled out of this movie was for some reason it it reminded me of 1960s Disney movies where they're driving along in front of a rolling screen and it's I don't know it they they could have cleaned that up in the re-release too but. Well, there's a couple things when they did the re-release too that I have kind of issues with. So, S- similar for the similar reasons. When we get to certain space fight scenes, I'll talk a little bit. So everybody goes down to the planet, and this is where we are introduced to probably the greatest chase scene in Disney history, the speeder chase. I've always loved that sequence for some reason. I don't know if it was because. I tried to play the speeder chase on Return of the Jedi, the video game, and could never get anywhere. Or, I don't know, I was horrible at video games, still am horrible at And I think, if I'm right, well, I mean, once again, it's a green screen, but didn't they shoot it and then, like, speed it up or something like that to get them to be going that fast? I think so, yeah. And so we have Luke and Leia take off on a speeder... Leia's speeder crashes, Luke reports back and asks where Leia is, and of course, nobody's seen her because she took off, and we're going to get hate mail, but that's a typical woman. <laughs> and she this had is... a... <laughs> Go ahead. 
She had a snack. Um, she made friends with the Ewok with her snack. I, it was relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, and why is it that the first thing that you do when you encounter a new species is just to give them food? I mean, we saw well, that. The 80s, and, that's what you think about. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Here, try my food. We did it in Jurassic Park with uh, Dennis Nedry. It's like, here, here. I, I don't have it here. I got a steak or something, you know. It's like, here, take that. And I'll so, try anything to impede you. Yeah, but we had that. We had E.T., which is around this time, with the Reese's Pieces. Yep. And, of course, that led to many hijinks, and I'm not sure. Well, actually, I know why. It's because that's a Universal movie, not a Disney or not a um, Disney-owned property. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it is Amblin, I think. Yeah, that was Steven Spielberg's company. So they catch up to Leia, get introduced to the Ewoks, and C-3PO is a god. Yeah. <sighs> I, like, this is one of the parts I had forgotten just because I hadn't, like, really seen it and, and like, seen it in a long time. Um, I... I loved all the like back and forth of them, like trying to get C-3PO to help them. And he's like, well, I can't do that. It just, I don't know. It got funnier and funnier to me. And I appreciated it in the middle of like all of this um, intergalactic drama Mm -hmm. that there was goofiness in the middle. Yeah. And the goofiness ensues and continues because after C-3PO gets force lifted over the entire Ewok population, the trio gets set free, Luke, Leia, and Han, and Chewie. And Leia comes out and says, no, they're my friends. And then the next thing that you see is C-3PO giving a synopsis of the first two movies in two minutes. And I'm like, okay. With the voices. Don't forget yes. about the voice. He did the voices. <laughs> he definitely did the voices, and I did not know that his programming was meant to include lightsabers, starships blowing up, and it was a very well-acted story. I wonder if that was the inspiration for Olaf doing the same thing in Frozen 2. Um, that's all I could think of because I just I watched part of that the other day. And so it was fresh in my mind. But um, I forgot about that part of him like recounting the whole story up to this point. It was just like, oh, this is so fun. I love this so much. For me, it, it, again, to go a random movie, not on Disney Plus, but... Uh, <laughs> The dragon movie Ring of Fire, Rain of Fire, with Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey, and act like they release the dra- dragons, and so like only certain humans survive. And like Star Wars is one of the stories they're telling the younger kids. Like the older people remember it, so like mm-hmm. that's like oh well, we give them a bedtime story, and it's like similar to the C-3PO uh, reenacting the Star Wars tro- or Star Wars. And so at this point in the movie, I've paused it, and I think we're like an hour into the movie, and I'm trying to figure out what are they going to do for the remaining hour and 15 minutes. Because the only two things I remembered was Lando blowing up the Death Star, and um, of course, Emperor Palpatine getting thrown off by Vader. I didn't remember the Ewoks getting blown up good, and Ewoks dying, and all that. And I definitely didn't remember Leia saying... That her mother died when she was young. Um, yeah, you actually, the mom died right after you were born, so that's very young, isn't it? Yeah. Is this the part where she's, like, saying, 
I remember she was sad or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's like, she was kind but sad. And I'm like, I wonder, I, they didn't do a good job of retconning that in the other movies. Unless she was just like a real special newborn. Because she didn't well, know. She is force sensitive, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, that's yeah, possible. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's like, yeah, they kind of made, made her die too young in their life. If I phrase that right. So the whole reason why they're while they're on Endor, other than of course to meet the Ewoks, because otherwise hilarity would not have ensued, was to go ahead and knock out the Alliance, not the Alliance, that's Rebels, the Galactic Empire's base that is there. So that way Akbar can send all his group in and they can blow up the Death Star real good. Yeah. So they're all sitting somewhere waiting to jump to hyperspace. So that way the Empire doesn't know that they're coming. And Akbar Akbar is supposed to give a command. And then the next thing you know, Lando just jumps the gun and jumps into hyperspace. I don't think we ever heard Akbar say go. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not pay that close attention to that scene. But yeah, I think Lando was the one that kind of gave the command for everybody to follow. And that's, that could be very true, because he was a general at this time. But I yeah. just, I was and he just, had super, and he had faith in his friends. And so we go back to Endor, and we have them try to get into the base several different times, and everything ends up going wrong, until an Ewok takes off on a speeder, and then suddenly the... One lone star tr- uh, stormtrooper is left, and he's surrounded by all these people. And so he surrenders, but that's all a trap. Yep. And... We did forget to mention, at this point, Luke has left the group to go up to the Death Star to face Vader. Yeah, because he surrendered himself, because that's what the Force had told him to do. And yeah. So the fight scene on Endor goes on for probably 25 minutes which was probably 20 minutes too long, especially when they start killing Ewoks. Yeah, that was so sad. Like, the one finding his buddy and all. I had to, like, remove myself emotionally for a second. Like, just turn it off. You're going to be sad. (laughs) Um, But I I did, like, take note of how, um, like, the Ewoks are this, like, primitive culture. And they're the ones that help take down like the big um, technical technologically advanced empire. And throughout the fight, like the whole fight scene is a bunch of um, like kind of slapstick type, like they're tricking them into crashing type things. And I just thought, well, that's really fun. Like, of course it would be that because the Ewoks don't have all of the same things as the, um, the empire. But I had to, I mean, some of their, like, some of the ways that the stormtroopers go down in that fight scene are kind of funny. Because you watch one, like, lasso a uh, a speeder bike. Mm-hmm. It's like, how? Yeah. It's and fun. Then, and then it won't, like, they're stoning one. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> My favorite is the two, like, pillars that come in from the side and crush uh, the, uh, so much shit to warm up, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the ATAT, the two-legged one. Yeah. Uh, now that I can't think of it, you're gonna get comments on it. But yeah, the two-legged, 
machine, like the two pillars that just come in and crush the head. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite. I like, cause that's like almost Home Alone worthy for Star for Star Wars. Yeah, it was it was Home Alone worthy, but at the same time, it was in the same vein as some of the things that we were seeing in um, Temple of Doom and yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, which we'll be covering in a couple of weeks on this show, and we're looking forward to that. Yes, um, actually, right now I'd go ahead and put in my request to be a part of those shows. All right, we will we will have you on. We will be covering the next two on back to back weeks. So we will. If I have two favorite or. Harrison Ford characters and Tom Solo and Indiana Jones. Okay. So, regardless of the 25-minute Endor battle, the heroes end up getting surrounded, and Leia gets shot, and we have the return of the Ino as she shoots the stormtrooper that's about to take out Han Solo, and R2-D2 sacrifices himself to try to get in, and I don't actually... Re- oh, that's right. So the Ewoks somehow commandeer the two-legged Adat and start yeah, marching with, back uh, towards the base. Chewie's help. Yeah, with, with Chewie's help. And Chewie gets all excited because he actually gets to drive a thing for once instead of yeah. being the co-pilot. Mm-hmm. And so he shoots the door and they take down the... Um, no, actually, what happened was Han disguised himself as one of them and got on the video system and uh, told them, we need more troops outside. So they opened the door, and they all came out. Just more silly trickery, and it uh-huh. works. Yeah. It, it would have made I remember more... watching as a kid and not recognizing a Harrison Ford. So, holy crap, like after it happened, like, oh, that was Harrison Ford wearing the ridiculous helmet. They <laughs> tricked him to let everybody out. Well, and it and it would have made more sense if Chewie would have just come in and blasted the thing, and they would have run in and wouldn't have had to have the the way that I didn't even remember happening. Didn't put down in the notes. <laughs> so they set the charge, and how many charges did they actually put on that base? Because it looked like there was a mushroom cloud starting to develop over the the base after it did get blown up. Yeah, it and did seem like a lot. It was a little excessive. And for- yeah, for as little as they ran away, I remember like, hey, I feel like that should have been a much bigger explosion, yeah. or it should have caused much more damage to the surrounding area than what it did. But and during all this, we have Luke and Vader fighting back and forth, fight back and forth. Luke takes off Vader's hand, which is the same one that he had lost, so it was kind of a yeah. callback to the second movie. And after they see the was the activation of the death ray, was that before or after the um, force steel was taken down? Because my notes get a little vague and wandering at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to remember right now as well. Um, I don't remember. Just because there's so much, like, throughout the whole indoor fight scene, it's cutting back mm-hmm. and forth. I mean, that and what's happening on the Death Star. And so... Um, I don't have that part in my notes, but I know that like while they're fighting on the moon, um, Luke Vader takes Luke to the Emperor, um, who is like, you know, you're going to join me, and Luke's, you know, they have their whole like, like nope, not doing that. Um, but um, he reveals, uh, Palpy like reveals that he's. Um, 
orchestrated all of this and like let them let the rebels like get as far as they have because he wanted them right where they were. It was a trap. That's a trap. Yeah. So we get that iconic line. Um, so I think that was part of it. Like it messes. I don't know if they ever really went off like the fire the full force one because otherwise you're going to destroy the moon that had your shield. But I think this one actually had smaller stations that could take out the smaller ships. Yeah. Where the mm-hmm. first one really was just there to take out bigger planets. Yeah, he, like, had it set up so that, you know, they think they're about to attack us and there won't be a shield, but it'll still be there and you'll have to watch all your friends die. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have smaller guns to take out the smaller ships as opposed mm-hmm. to just firing the planet killer, if you will. Yeah, and you said that there was a couple of points during the space fights that you were pulled out? Yeah, because there was a couple times where uh, they, like, I feel like, with the newer special effects, they added more ships, and it almost looked like, again, like a video game from the 90s where the graphics were as cool as they could be, but, like, certain things just kind of merged together. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of chase sequences with the X-Fighters and the TIE Fighters where, like, they're flying together, and at some point they kind of merge together, and the next thing you know, like, they're I'm doing hand motions like this is actual video, not just audio. <laughs> but, um, or, like, they kind of blend together and then separate like, like they didn't really clean that up enough for me as to where they could have now What I, if that makes sense like yeah. just you know sometimes when you're playing that 90s video game you walk through a wall and next <laughs> thing you know you're on the other side of it so regardless of when it actually happens they take down the force field and yeah. Lando gets to make his run at the exhaust port aka the first movie and he says that he that things got a little too close because he took off a satellite dish off the top of his Falcon. The exhaust port in this one is actually something where they can all fly through. Yeah. Not even shoot. It's like you made it even bigger on this model. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you take you take what what didn't work and go ahead and make it big enough for a for a tanker to drive through as opposed to a, a Mini Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> But so Luke and Luke and Vader are still fighting and Luke somehow ends up on the floor. And this is where Emperor Palpatine says, well, why don't you go ahead and join us? Gives him one final chance. And he says no, as any good force loving boy would do. And they and so Palpatine turns on the lightning strikes and you start to see Luke get electrocuted. And I'm kind of wondering how many volts he took because normal lightning striking someone does damage. So yep. did did Luke turn on his force to make sure that he didn't die, or did Vader turn on his force to protect Luke after he saw the first couple hit? Especially since watching, he's gonna jump the gun here and go to Revenge of the Sith when he's using it on Mace, but Mace is blocking him with his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, he's taking a lot of lightning, and that disfigured him completely. Mm-hmm. And became now, then he became the emperor. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he is taking on more than uh, Palpatine did in that movie. But yeah. we didn't plan the sequel, the prequel trailers out back in the eighties. So, and and once again, you see Palpatine starting to get older and older and weaker and weaker. But somehow he's continuing to shoot the the lightning at him. 
and Bader's just had enough. Picks him up, throws him down the same exhaust port. Well, not the same exhaust port because the because it's a totally different desktop. But yeah. throws him down the exhaust port similar to what Luke fell down during the second movie where he was in Cloud City. Yeah, yeah. Like Cloud City. Yeah. yeah. We see Vader's skull like through his electrified helmet. Yeah. Which kind of made me laugh. Like it's not supposed to be funny, but I was like, oh wow. It seemed a little cartoonish, but it is what it is. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. And of course doing all this has pretty much zapped out Vader's um electrical suit and he's dying. And Luke, not wanting to leave a man behind because he's a good Marine, starts grabbing him and trying to get him to the Y-Wing that they went up on. And apparently Vader weighs a little bit more than what Luke was expecting because he can't get him there. And Vader says, well, take off my helmet so that way I can see you. And they say their goodbyes. And I kind of wondered why Vader didn't disappear like Yoda did. Because if he came, if he became one with the Force, wouldn't the Force usually make you disintegrate, or not disintegrate, but or was he more machine than he was man, and that's why he remained? Isn't there? Yeah, a... I think the parts of him that. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Um, I was just trying to remember if there was another like funeral pyre in one of the other movies. It feels like there was, but I could have imagined it. But I wonder if it has to do with like. Um, Yoda just was like old and tired and like knew it was time and he's like dying as a result of injuries here. I don't know. No, but everyone got like hit with the lightsaber and he immediately, like, he immediately just went down to his clothes went down as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. Really, only the robe, like the clothes he was actually wearing went with them. So mm-hmm. there's only the brown robe left behind, just like with Yoda, it was only the blanket covering him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think they just probably didn't really think that part through. They're like, oh, we'll just have him disappear. So I think, like, he kind of does disappear, but, like, only the human part. So, like, the machine, like, again, he was mostly machine, so that suit probably would have stayed in. Yeah, because after he's dead, Luke somehow drags him back onto the Y-Wing, so that way he can escape, so that way Lando can blow the new Death Star to Kingdom Come. And this is... And so we cut to the funeral pyre, like you were saying. And that was really what made me think. I'm like, well, if he returned to the Force, then why was there still a body left? And whatever. And so we cut from there to the multiple cities, including the Gungans, saying, We saw free. Which totally blew off the, well, this is an old movie. Because there were new Gungans in in the Empire at the end of Episode 2 with the exception of Jar Jar, because they all died. And the movie ends with them having a party on Endor, and we get old Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Hayden Christensen. And there was much anger from the fanboys. <laughs> yeah. And then right, right after to, that, we well, cut to the actual credits. Going back credits. to, uh, I've sitting here racking my brain, but Curtis uh, said, Qui-Gon Jinn got a fire. Okay. Okay, I thought I thought there was another one somewhere in there, but I couldn't. He didn't just disappear when he got hit. He they they burned his body too. I wonder what's the difference, or if, if it's just like this is what we decided to do. I think yeah. 
And why didn't Qui-Gon get his own prequel? I would have loved to have seen old man Liam Neeson wandering yeah, around he's wherever. He's definitely a, a fan favorite. I mean, like, for as many problems Phantom has had, it gave us some really good characters that mm-hmm. fans fell in love with, so. And Jar Jar. Sure. Sure. <laughs> So we also get some like really happy Ewoks dancing around. Um, that made me happy, especially after we had to see some of them die earlier. Um, yeah. And then Leia tells Han that Luke is her brother, and he like then she kisses him. And man, Harrison Ford is so funny. Um, like she as he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll understand. I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave yeah. you alone. She's like, no, he's my brother, and she kisses him, and then you like see his face, like the way he acts out of like that moment of realization, like, oh yeah, okay. I laughed so much. I like I'd forgotten about that until I saw it this morning. I was like, that's so fun. So, are there any other points that have been missed on this one? I'm sure there has, but I can't think of any right now. (laughs) I'm sure there would be something tomorrow. I'll be like. I should have said that last time. I didn't. <laughs> well, write it down, and when we get to the other Han Solo, I mean, um, Harrison Ford movie, we'll discuss it. <laughs> I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything that I was sitting there thinking about last night and today while I was finishing this movie. I'm just, I don't, I'm trying to think, how long was the original release? Because I don't, I don't want to say they put that much new stuff into the new one. New one meaning no. 30 years old, but... No, I think like even with this one, like I, I, I don't remember a lot of extra scenes. I think they kind of just like re-upped some of the scenes. I know with a new hope, they put in a scene with uh, Han and Jabba, mm-hmm. which you could definitely tell was added in because yeah, Jabba looked terrible. So, but at the same time, they had a human like they wanted a human to be Jabba because that's how they had that footage. They didn't just like okay, we're gonna make this CGI creature back in the 70s. I think it was originally a human being playing Java. Yeah. But with these movies, I'm not sure. I know they add a little bit, but I don't think it was a lot of extra time. Yeah, Wikipedia says this one um, is about five minutes longer than the original. So um, it lists some of the things they changed... Um, were the alien band members and a different song, which we mentioned, like, for Jabba. Yeah. Um, celebration at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that part. Um, And they changed the music in the closing scene, which I would never have known. It's about five minutes longer, according to Wikipedia. So it was like two hours and ten minutes as opposed to two hours and fifteen. I can see that. This is making for great audio. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying trying for the best of me to remember if I... I'm sure I saw the original, if not full, in bits and pieces prior to them doing the re-release. And I may have just mind-blanked on the actual... on the original pieces that weren't... or the pieces that were added in, Kyra just told us. So I'm... And for the most part... I can't really tell what was old and what was new with the exceptions of things that stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what we've talked. So we'll see. When they get to the 60th anniversary, we'll see if they get rid of Alec Guinness and put in an old um, put in an old Ewan McGregor from Obi-Wan. 
to sit down and talk to Luke because they're both about the same age now. <laughs> really sad. They look completely different. For having to age like after his uh, series, having to like age ten years, it's like oh that must have been a rough ten years. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we've um, pretty much beat that two-legged ad at death. So, um, if you would like to write to us, tell us what we got right, tell us what we got wrong, tell us the name of the two-legged ad at, because I know some wonderful fan out there is screaming at his podcast streaming service of choice, saying it's a insert word here. Then we'll find out. You can write us at Be Kind Rewind DMP. Of course, the DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast, and that is at gmail.com. Um, next week we are actually taking not a break because we will be releasing an episode, but it will not be an actual movie release. We, Kyra and I have been talking off and on for several months about the Muppets Mayhem 10 part miniseries, which is that a miniseries or a maxi series or a limited series? I think is what they call them now. Yeah, I think it's limited. So we are going to try our best to not turn that into two, to a two-and-a-half-hour episode, and we will be doing that next. But then in two weeks, we will be back. Cliff will be back. We will be talking Indiana Jones and... Wait, first one's Raiders of the Lost Ark, isn't it? Yes. I'm showing, I'm showing that I have absolutely no preparation for this, other than it is on my Disney Plus to watch list. We will be doing the first Indiana Jones movie, followed the week after by the second Indiana Jones movie, so we will be back to talk Indy, talk Harrison Ford, talk about your love of all things Bullwhip, even including Bullwhip Griffin, if we can get him in. And Kyra just got very excited. I love Bullwhip Griffin. And in case you have no clue what we're talking about, go back. It is in the archives, and you can listen to our love of that 70s Western starring Roddy McDowell as a man that did not belong where he was, but he was great in everything that he did. So, Cliff, since you're the guest, where can we find you? Um, I'm the only Cliff Chance on Facebook. Uh, probably the only Cliff Chance on Twitter, but my handle on twitter is is it any good which is also the youtube channel that i have that i'm working on getting backing up i just have to have more confidence in myself to <laughs> post videos but i've done started doing that about three years ago so last one i did was Guardians of the galaxy volume three i'm working on a couple scripts for a few more videos here coming up but that's where i'm at so go look me up uh is it any good it's felt a little different but at the same time, just look up Cliff Chance. You'll find me on any social media. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll put a link to your YouTube channel in the um, in the blurb at the end of all this. So, thank you very much. All right. Well, until we talk again next week, it is my pleasure to stay to tell you to stay safe, stay hungry, and may the force be with you. We'll talk to you next week. Oh man, were we not recording? <laughs> We tried that last time. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP 
at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. So you gave up going to see Indiana Jones and the Wheelchair of Destiny to talk to us. Yes. And for that, we are forever grateful, and this will be the outro for the episode. (laughs) From what I've been hearing, I'm going to enjoy this a lot more, so... Hey, Thompson. Hey, Thompson. World's youngest podcast host. <laughs>